The following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to Nerd Prom. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all Nerds International. With the hyphen. dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both a player's and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me always is my good friend Chris Holmes and my co-host, what's up, homie? Hey, I'm doing great. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm alive. Yes. I'm alive and kicking. I'm glad you are. <laughs> no more demon eyes, red eyes yep. from you, man. <laughs> yep. Nope. I, I had some health issues recently, but I'm back. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man. I've been. I've been. Um, I've been DMing. Yes, DMing, bitches. <laughs> I've been running Dungeons and Dragons, sons of bitches. <laughs> in um in uh running uh what is it, Adventures of Middle Earth in Fifth Edition. Having a lot nice. of fun. And I've been star mastering, ha, in uh, Starfinder. And I guess you could say on our live play on uh, the RPG Brewery for Jamie and them. So doing a lot of gaming and having a lot of fun. Well, I was just playing at NivCon this weekend. Yes. Nerds International Virtual Con. That was a ton of fun. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't uh, make it. Ugh. I played in a Genesis game run by Jim Parton, uh, Real American Heroes, a G.I. Joe game. Dude, that was a ton of fun. <laughs> I know you're telling me about it right before we started turning on the recording, man. That uh, Jim, I wish it would have been in that game, man. But my <laughs> wife is in town, so I love her more than you guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then uh, last week, I ran my uh, Grognard group uh, and my son through your primeval fool. Sweet. And that was a lot of fun. We've been playing. We started a campaign with that, and they made. Three Vikings and a halfling, feral halfling. Oh, those feral halflings are awesome. Now, is it the shaman halfling? Uh, yeah. No, he's the beast friend. The beast friend. Ooh. Oh, so so has he summoned a um, saber-toothed tiger yet? He's working on it. He wants good. to very badly. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, that- and you had, you had mentioned to me... Um, that in my backgrounds for that, if anybody has downloaded it out there and has looked at it, I didn't specifically have a background for the primal um, magic skill, if you will. And I think you and I, we, we mentioned, we tossed some emails back and forth about the Soothslayer probably being the best one for that and really a good primal only, to be honest. Right. You know? Yeah, that'd be kind of yep. cool. That wasn't me that caught it. It was one of my players, my good friend Dave. He caught yeah. that. So yeah, shout Dave. out to Dave. Yeah, thanks, boy. Dave for, thanks for the feedback there, Dave. I'll, I'll make that update <laughs> to the uh, players guide, and I'll and I'll um start keep working on that DM's guide for you. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was using the uh, the template one you gave me. I was still working pretty good. Oh sweet, yeah, yeah, that one, and you know I'll put in the rest of the bad guys on there so you can throw more big bads at your at your group. Oh, I made up a couple of my own. 
it's so easy. It's so easy, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. I can't and, wait until they get further into this temple of doom I created for them. <laughs> I can't. My kids sitting here listening. I can't be too uh, uh, obvious about what's going to happen in their future. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but anyhow, um, so uh, what do we got for news recently? Well, I think everybody's seen it. If you haven't, go to the Fantasy Flight's website. They put up an article on heroic feats a few days after we had our last podcast, I believe. Or maybe it was earlier last week, I think. Um, and sure enough, man, we kind of guessed what it was, and we were pretty close. Very close to the signature abilities. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, I mean having to spend the two the two story points, right, to activate them. And mm-hmm. they're not really talents. Um, they're a bit awesome. They're like awesome abilities. I know? can't wait to see how they did them. I, again, that was one of the things I wanted to see come over is those signature abilities doing yeah, them for my have, own campaign. Have, have, you, have you read the article? Yeah. 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 Looks so, good. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I mean, you choose your primary effect, the, the origin, you name your ability, and then at like... I don't know, like after 50 experience points, you get an ability point to put into it um, to improve it and such. So go check that article out. Pretty awesome. Can't wait for the book to come out. It's still on the boat. Damn it. (laughs) Slowest boat ever, I'm telling you. You know it, man. You know it. And they're getting these... They're getting these Genesis books printed here in the U.S., so I don't know what river they're floating that boat up. Is there a big river in Minnesota? Yeah, it's called the Mississippi. (laughs) It's where it starts. (laughs) Uh, So, oh well. (laughs) We'll see. It's probably a little too cold to be floating a boat up the river right now. Maybe that's why it's not going anywhere. That's right. Everything's frozen. No wonder why it's not getting here. Damn it. (laughs) Put some skis on that thing. That's right. That's right. (laughs) All right. Yeah, so that's all the news we had. I was hoping. I was hoping I could say it's. Be you can pre-order or whatever, or I mean you can pre-order it, but it, that it's shipping. Darn it! Oh, it'd be nice to have it in my hot little hands. Maybe we'll have that for the next one. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. All right. All right. So what moving on. Oh, we got some feedback. Cool. So uh, we got. We've been getting quite a bit of listener feedback lately. Good. Um, first of all, we have from Percy Hudson over on Facebook. He says, uh, you guys are doing a fantastic job so far. I love the segments and the broad looks at each idea in the system. And I had two questions for you today. So first one here, is there anything you are hoping to see in the future from Genesis? Or example, I hope hope to have something like the Combat Scar system from Forged in Battle, the soldier source book from Age of Rebellion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that there is a that's a cool system that they mm-hmm. that they created for Forge and Battle. It's it's linking the um, it's basically a nice little character development narratively give you a little bit of a mechanical bonus um, type system where if you've taken a critical injury, um, you can convert it into a talent from and over there was from a talent tree, but here you know you can grab a a tier one, tier two, tier three talent for this battle scar. Once you kind of get, or battle scar is an example, I should say, or um, some sort of 
you know, battle scar that'll allow you to, you know, activate a talent or something. And it's linked to the severity of the critical is how many experience points it costs you to buy that talent. Yeah, it's a really cool thing that I honestly didn't even... I must have overlooked it in the past or just... Well, it's it's one page in the back of the book. But it's yeah, I a noticed. great one page, though. <laughs> it's a great read for one page. And you can... You can, you can, you can Port it over as is. I mean, you really can. So, so, um, so to answer his question here, mm-hmm. uh, what are you looking forward to? Oh yeah, well, well, what we were just talking about, the heroic feats. Yeah, it's great. We got some great information from that article, and you know, I also want to see how they're going to do the the mounted combat rules too. Now, if it's anything like what they did in the Star Wars game. It'll just fit seamlessly into what they've laid out for these for the vehicle rules too, so um, that's what I want. Oh. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, who knows? Maybe someday we'll be converting Dragon Lance over and riding around on dragons. Why not? Let's, <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, for me, yeah, I'm looking forward. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to the crafting rules for alchemy and uh, for magic skills, magic items, things like that. Yep. Well, Which, as soon as that boat pulls up, <laughs> yeah, that, that some of that should be in the Terranoth book. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I took a, I took a stab at it in the, in the, um, what do you call it? The Primeval Thule kind of pulled, pulled over what we had from the, what was over there in Star Wars, and from what they put up on their original article, um, it's close. I think it might be pretty close. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I hope to see it fleshed out entirely so that I can because I have a character well I have a player I'll yeah. shout out to Dave again he always loves to make uh, item crafters so <laughs> I'm sure nice. he's almost uh, looking forward to that as much as I am so alright right, so on to his second question here right. uh, will you be ev- oh, will you ever be looking for listener guests to include in your show I'm looking to start a Genesis live play this fall starting with an epic Middle Earth fourth age campaign and I would love to chat through some of the world building and lore mastering process with you guys on the show as a shameless advertisement for my upcoming cast as well. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> dude, we'd love to have you on, Percy. That, I, it, I, think, I think it would be great. I mean, I just started, like I said, I just started running the Adventures in Middle Earth and what the Cubicle 7 folks have done with that kind of taking their their one ring game and making it fifth edition D&D, right? And um I'm curious to see how you genocized the fourth age, which is I guess right after like the Lord of the Rings, I think that kind of goes into the fourth age after that story after Frodo and destroys the ring and all that stuff. Hmm. Well, as I said in the previous you? podcast, I want to see Middle Earth, so let's get somebody on here to do it for me. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, we'll uh, do no. It ourselves, well, we can go. And there's, I mean, you guys, you could just go over to the to the community over there on the um, FFG website, and I don't know, pick something, just throw something out. What do you think? What what's that hasn't been translated over yet? Fallout. Yep, that's over there. You've got. Um, I think somebody did do kind of a. A Dragonlance thing. Mm-hmm. Eberron. <laughs> Who knows? There's all kinds of stuff, yeah. All kinds. I can't wait. So, uh, and 
The other answer to your question is, of course, we'd love to have listeners on. Uh, we have several in the future lined up, and we'll be getting a hold of people you know, a few weeks before we do a show with you involved. I know we've talked to Jamie Pearson about having him back on. We've talked to another friend of ours, uh, Stefan Dragonspawn, about getting him on at some point. And I, I was also hit up by Jim who ran the Real American Heroes this weekend about possibly coming on the show. So, yes, folks, we would love to have you guys, and we'll get through all of you eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got a setting you want to come on and talk about, uh, send us an email. Uh, yeah. Get a hold of me on Facebook or get a hold of us, either one of us, on uh, Google+. We will uh, talk to you about it, and if uh, if we really want to talk about it, we'll get you on the show and talk about it. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. So, right. uh, what else we got here? What else we feedback-wise. got? Feedback-wise, um, I don't think we have anything else, do we? I know that. Okay. I know that. I know that we had something from um, from Jamie. He was at. He asked us something, but I think we're gonna save that for the combat show when we start talking about combat. I think that's a great things. idea. So, Jamie, go sit in the corner and wait. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you got to turn your nose into the corner too. <laughs> All right. So you uh, you ready to get on with the, the show? I am ready to get on with the show. Let's go to the main section here. Wait a minute. We almost what? forgot. What? What are What are we calling this episode? <laughs> oh, we got mad skills, yo. Yeah, that's with the Z. <laughs> we got mad skills, yo. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a show we're going to talk about uh, general skills, how they're used. Not admiral, not admiral or captain skills, general skills. Not private skills either. Not private skills either. Yeah, I have to. Uh, all right, on my commute in this morning with Clarence, <laughs> I was telling him what we were going to talk about tonight, and he saluted me. Well, <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I got it. So if you laughed, hey, it's my joke. But if you didn't, Clarence. Dude, that was horrible. <laughs> Love you, man. <laughs> All right. So let's get on with this. <laughs> Sounds great. All right. All right. And we are back in the book of Genesis this time. Yes, we're going to talk about general skills. And as we said before, not the private skills. Not admiral skills, but general skills. So, they're actually a part of um, the rest of the skill system are kind of broken down into social skills, general, combat skills, knowledge skills, and magic skills. We've already gone over the magic skills before um, in our magic, our three mages, our three magi show. Um, But I think our next show, we're going to go into the social skills and social combat. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then we're gonna go, and then after that, we're gonna go into the combat skills, and then go into, you know, how you do combat with it too. Um, so that'll be kind of a three-part series for this for skills. So, um, so what are skills used for, dude? What are they? Well, the the general skills list is appears on your character sheet, but it also appears on page fifty-seven in the book mm-hmm. of Genesis. And it starts with some, you know, little description of this group of skills represents the majority of your actions and character can attempt. And every check that you do in Genesis is going to be a skill check. So skills are a very important part of the game. Mm-hmm. And 
so we've picked, we've highlighted a few of these general skills that we're going to go over, but we also, you know, we wanted to talk about, I guess, at least kind of what makes them important for a setting. Some of them don't fit in certain settings right. and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. let's start with our, I mean, our first skill that we wanted to highlight and we'll go into that. Yeah, that sounds good. And uh, alphabetically, it's right there on that same page 57, mm-hmm. alchemy. Alchemy. Oh, yeah. Which we're going to talk a little later on in the show about, too, just to let you know, if you've read my show notes. <laughs> oh. So, Alrighty so then. Basically, so basically, every skill has a linked attribute, or linked characteristic, if you will. So alchemy is linked to intellect. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you can link other skills to, like, um, your agility or brawn or those things. And like Tony said, every skill has like its skill description. But what I really like are these lists that they give that they have in here for each skill. What your character your character should use this skill if your character should not use this skill if. And if we take the alchemy skill, um, their description it's basically you know you're creating elixirs and, and potions to create some sort of magical effect. Or um, not necessarily considered a magical skill, but you want to create some sort of neat little effect with it. So, their example, your character should use this skill if you want to identify a potion by taste, for example. Name the ingredients in an elixir. Prepare a potion, elixir, tonic um, with a wondrous or magical effect, like I said. Or a remedy for a disease or illness. And why wouldn't, and when should we not use this skill? Tony. Well, your character is attempting to enchant uh, an otherwise mundane liquid. They probably fall the, under. They probably fall under the crafting, magical crafting, when that comes. Or out, I bet it would fall under the appropriate magic skill. Yeah, there's that too. Yep. Or your character desires to heal someone directly through medical treatment. That would fall under medicine. Yippers. Or your character seeks to transmute lead into gold. That would be magic. Yes, it would be. <laughs> so, what, who was it? Paracelsus? Who tried to do it? The famous alchemist? I, I think it was Paracelsus. I don't know. Uh, I think there were several alchemists several. who tried but to do it. he was the one that really wanted to... Or was he the one that did the Philosopher's Stone? You that, got that me. Weird little, that weird little wizard with the you know the eyeglasses did... Sorry. I, I like, work Harry all day. Potter. I have, Harry Potter I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> So they did. So they do mention. So oh, one thing I think what you had touched on as well is that in each one of these, um, each one of these skills, they also suggest what kind of setting they would use it in. And in this one, they say a fantasy, steampunk, and weird war settings. You would probably use alchemy in. Right. So um, would you, are, are you going to use alchemy in your um, thing? I guess we're probably getting a little ahead of ourselves there, but I might. I haven't decided yet. Yeah. Um, it, it wouldn't hurt to have it in a, a modern setting like mine um, or near modern yep. um, I don't know we'll get there well eventually I'll figure something out <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, they also have a little sidebar here for um, yeah, yeah go for, that. what are they saying there for alchemy and that's uh, difficulty for brewing a potion as a guideline for GMs the difficulty of preparing a potion should generally correspond to its rarity, generally by dividing the rarity by two and rounding up. So I'm assuming we're going to get a potions list, 
in, at some point uh, in Terranoth, mm-hmm. uh, most likely. And the resulting number should be the difficulty of the check to brew the potion. For instance, if your character wants to make a healing potion, a.k.a. painkillers. Okay? Pretty much a similar effect, right? Or other drugs. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, this has a rarity of two. Mm-hmm. The base difficulty of this check would be easy, a single purple die. If your character doesn't have the proper equipment or ingredients, the difficulty will go higher. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty. That's a that's a really decent um, guideline, to be honest. Because then you could take that. You can kind of extrapolate that into the rarity of illegal drugs. Now, not necessarily your character wanting to create them, but maybe doing an alchemy check to figure out what kind of drugs it is, where they might come from, those kinds of things, I guess. I don't know. Especially if it's an alchemical drug. Yeah, yeah, that exactly. That simulates some sort of magical effect. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the, the, the other thing here I wanted to add is that with brewing potions and with... I think their system for difficulty is also a great guideline for your system for cost of your ingredients. If you want to be detailed, Mm -hmm. there are all kinds of resources out there that give you fantasy ingredients to go into a potion. Um, Newt's Tail or um, uh, Basilisk Eye or all kinds of stuff. There's resources out there for that. Or if you want to just do it on the fly, hey, what's the cost of the item? Well, you've got to pay half the cost of the item, round it up to the nearest increment there, whatever. And uh, so, for instance, in the case of the the painkillers there, you would look at the cost of a painkiller, cut it in half, round up to a nearest gold piece or whatever, and Mm -hmm. that's how much it costs to get your ingredients. Yeah. And, you know, you can even... um you can even make make an adventure or a quest out of trying to find an ingredients list to make potions or something along, you know, something like that too. Well, certainly a side quest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so next school, you know, of course, it goes through other skills here. There's, you know, skills mm-hmm. that are specific that you would only find in like a yep. Space opera like astrocartography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these, gonna... these general skills are right underneath your brawn, agility, and intellect um, characteristic on the character sheet on like the left hand side there. That's that first big box. Those are the skills we're talking about. Just in case you guys have a character sheet in front of you and want to follow along. <laughs> okay, but the next skill we wanted to highlight because it it becomes important at another point in the game than just. Uh, Normal skill use mm-hmm. would be cool. Oh yeah, cool is staying calm and maintaining your composure. It's uh, it's a presence based skill. Yep. Um, yep. It it's used in all settings because it's one of the two initiative skills. Yes. Yeah, and and when you're when you're ready to when you're setting up your ambushes, wanting to surprise a group, you would use your cool check a simple cool check with no difficulty to roll your initiative um and whatnot mm-hmm. it's also used it's also used as a quote-unquote defense against the charm skill mm-hmm. which is a social skill and we'll get into that a little more on our on our next show um but yeah i mean this would be this would be one of those where you just want to i don't know you're sitting in a cantina kind of ignoring the 
Gaborian guards that are coming in looking for you, and you're just, eh, I'm just going to be cool here at the bar. <laughs> or something, you know? Yeah, well, then anytime you're trying to keep your composure. So if you're trying to keep from blurting out something, uh, or <laughs> yeah. you're, you're trying to uh, uh, keep your nerves in a tense situation, Maybe uh, you're sitting across from a bounty hunter that wants to kill you, and he's got a gun pointed at your face. That's right. <laughs> you just follow the rule of cool, roll that thing up. And shoot first. And shoot first. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, then, or, you know, and you can even, and even, and even like gambling, too, you know, bluffing, you know, I mean, those are some of the, um, when you're playing a card game, you know, when you want to do your, you know, you want to. You don't have that. You don't have like the pocket rockets. You want them to think you got something else, right? Yeah. So. Okay. So, what isn't cool used for? Let's see. It says it's not. So it's not used when you're being surprised. You need to use vigilance for that. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about vigilance too. Um. When you're, what if you're meditating and someone's trying to funk you upside the head? And you want to keep meditating because you're trying to, say, commune with your ancient spirits. That'd be my discipline, dude. Uh-oh. I would, would want to roll a discipline check in that because I got I got more points in it, and it's more, it, it's it's better fit. <laughs> right. To make a discipline check, and that's a good lead-in to our yeah. next, to our next. It's as if we've planned that. Who? Where? What? Huh? <laughs> so discipline is based on is linked to your willpower characteristic, and like Tony said, it's your ability to focus your mind, quiet your thoughts, empty your mind, meditate, those kinds of stuff, and focusing on um, uh, focusing on like your inner calm and self mastery and such. And this is also the, the the skill you would be using for your fear checks. So whenever you're calling for those fear checks, when you know Tony's character is riding in on his dragon, you know my bad guys are gonna be making some discipline checks. So, you know, or or when my player characters run into something that's Cthulhu-esque in a you know a Temple of Doom in your primal primeval fool setting, uh, this would what they would roll to keep their sanity. Wow, they would. <laughs> wow, that wouldn't be anything your 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 son would want to. Hear about what he? <laughs> he's not behind you, there, is he? <laughs> yeah, he is, but I think he's oblivious. Nice. So, uh, <laughs> um, or uh, this is also one of the uh, ability checks you can use to recover strain after an encounter. Yep. Oh, I think is cool the other one. I think cool is the other one. Yes. To heal the strain. So. Yeah. Yes. Cool or discipline are used to recover strain after an encounter, and you should do that after either social encounter, social combat, or physical combat right right and then um and then you shouldn't use the skill if you're trying to keep your composure in like a social setting or let your emotions go that's what we what we talked about before the cool mm-hmm. it, would be, it would be more of a cool check and then another um example would be if you're um if you're catching trying to see if somebody's lying um, to you, telling a fib, doing your what is it like a sense motive kind of check? No, hey, no reading be, their body language. Reading their body language. That's more of a vigilance check. Oh. Yep. What other See, examples do they have? No, that's a better. lot. A lot of these skills have similar uses, so you have to be you have to be mm-hmm. 
knowledgeable a little bit on where they they come into play. But right. still, as a GM, if you wanted you know someone to make a discipline check in a social situation where maybe you know maybe it wasn't about keeping their cool maybe it was about being disciplined that you've been mm-hmm. you know you were coached beforehand and you you have to stay on task and be disciplined in a social situation it's not necessarily keeping oh, yeah. cool it's keeping that discipline of following step after step after step and right. therefore it's applicable to use discipline yeah. in that situation. and you know and i'll tell you as a as a gm i would totally allow a player if they if you know the one thing that I've that I've tried to tell my players and even playing these other systems that have skills don't look at your skill sheet don't look at what ranks you have in skills tell me what you want to do then we'll figure out what to use right mm-hmm. and if they can justify you know what I'm pulling on my military background where I've been disciplined in situations like this or whatever um, you're calling for a cool check, but I think it, I, I, I want to. My character wants to pull on that military training of discipline and regimented steps that I would go through to calm myself in this situation. I'd be like, sure, feel free, roll it up. You know what I mean? Right. So. You, you as a GM might change the difficulty from what you originally thought, but I don't mm-hmm. think there's any reason why the player couldn't um, convince or even you know just work their way through the skill that they wanted to use. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's so, what our next, next skill, oh, mechanics. Mechanics. Let me. Yeah, we were just talking about system mechanics, and now we're over in mechanics. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what is this? What's mechanics, man? Well, mechanics is the catch-all skill for building, disassembling, repairing, and/or modifying anything of a mechanical nature. Cool. Uh, so you're going to use mechanics when you're trying to repair a damaged weapon or a damaged vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also going to use mechanics uh, when you're trying to identify the appropriate tools for a job. How about how about if I want my stereotypical dwarven blacksmith to create a weapon for himself to go adventuring with? That's a mechanics role. It would be mechanics. Yeah. But... It doesn't feel right in a fantasy setting. I'd you probably just, call it crafting. You could probably skin it differently. Yeah, absolutely. Call it smithing or smithing, crafting. Yeah. crafting. Well, it's as long as it's the same catch-all skill. Absolutely. What does it matter? Yep. Give it a different name. Yep. Call it finagling for all I care. Mm-hmm. Or basket <laughs> weaving. If I want my basket weaving dwarf to go, <laughs> to go is he a scuba diving basket weaving dwarf? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Dude, that's a nice ooh, character concept coming up. <laughs> I don't know what system that's going to be good in. All oh. right, your character. Now you got what me if, thinking, darn it. Now you got me distracted. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, dude. Yep. Uh, what if your your character, You um, another reason you can use mechanics is if your character wants to sabotage something or look for a weak point ooh. in something. In, yeah. say, the defenses, like, as a dwarf would do, would, I mean, we've all done it in the fantasy game, and everybody's ever played a dwarf, which that's happened to me a lot. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, you're always using that stone cutting. I'm going to look for a hole in the, in the castle wall so that it, we can maybe weaken it and so on and so forth. That's you're looking right. Find the weak point. <laughs> um, now, th- now, there was a question... That was sent in a couple weeks ago, last week or a couple weeks ago, about 
creating grenades, creating bombs, uh, explosive devices, those kinds of things. I think we linked the mechanics skill to that too. Yep. Yep. And or, or if you were in a fantasy setting and you wanted to create an alchemical bomb, there's nothing wrong with going back to alchemy. Absolutely. The Greek yep. fire, that would be mm-hmm. alchemy, most definitely. And you know, first time I ever read that in a role-playing book, I skipped over the R and called it Geek Fire. Geek Fire. <laughs> geek Fire. Yeah. Oh, got to use that. <laughs> that's pretty good, dude. I had no that's idea. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole long story about Melf's minute <laughs> meteors and a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> yep. And then yep. there is the, the last example they gave here is pretty interesting about installing or modifying cybernetic implants. So working on an implant might require a, a medicine check, too, along with this mechanics check or combination thereof. Or, in the case of the Star Wars RPG, uh, in their special modifications book, they even talk about if cybernetics are going to take a prominent role in your game. Mm. There's nothing wrong with making it a separate skill to, to kind of combines the mechanical aspect and the medicine aspect of working on cybernetics. So you could do yep. either. Or. If it's, if it's something that's going to possibly show up in your game, leave it at mechanics, leave it at medicine. If it's something that you're going to focus on, right? you've got one of the characters is playing a cyber doc, Mm-hmm. and is going to be performing cybernetic operations constantly oh, yeah. maybe look into that yep and maybe you know maybe in their um in their android setting you know ffg you know will be putting some of that in there for us you know maybe hey, they'll they have said, that cybernetics skill they said that book was coming it's oh, yeah. it's gonna, they just haven't given us a date yet mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so uh what what don't we use uh mechanics for well, just mundane, basically mundane, simple tasks like refueling your vehicle. Uh, yeah, I don't necessarily use mechanics to fuel up my car in the morning. Change batteries in a flashlight, not so much. Hanging a door. Per- Though hanging a door, I might need to make a mechanics check because then, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> One that's already got a frame. Right, right, right. Now, um, now writing a, writing a program... For a device or on a, um, on a, uh, you know, like my, my hacker slicer in your game, you know, mm-hmm. if you'd write a program, computer program, that'd be more of a computer's check. Right. Now, if you didn't have computers in your setting, you shouldn't have people writing programs anyway. It, well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Now, we get back to the basket weaving dwarf scuba diving. <laughs> You have to pick up computers, man. <laughs> uh, no, it's all right, dude. Oh, gosh. All right. All right uh, medicine. Medicine, yes. That one is linked to intellect as well. And that's just what you what you think is, um, you know, you're healing people's broken bones, broken skin. You're the one, you're the, um, you're the cleric. Not to use a term from another D Shift Seven D game or anything like that or anything, but I just did. Uh, a cleric's a generic term. It's used in every freaking fantasy setting. I think you're good, dude. <laughs> there we go. And then, <laughs> and then other things that medicine would be, you know, linked to, you know, detecting poisons and diseases and 
you know, uh, you know, identifying drugs, those kinds of things too. Or and making a new drug. Making a new drug. There we go. Dude, that's the second time we were talking about that. We so are not on the Finding the Narrative podcast. We do not um, encourage that at all in real life. <laughs> However, oh, if your game requires that that be there, right. then feel free to use what's written here in this book. <laughs> and if you are playing a basket-weaving dwarf scuba diver, you might want to think about <laughs> You may already be on drugs. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> all right. I must tell you right now, pretty damn sure that's going to come up in an advantageous threat sometime. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. Yep. And again, this is this should be used in all settings because mm-hmm. your players, your player characters, well, not your players. Hopefully, your players won't get hurt. But your um, the characters that they'll that they'll be playing will be taking injuries. Whether it's mental strain or physical strain, those kinds of things, and they're going to need to be healed, and that's this is the skill to use for that. Okay, um, and there's a little paragraph here, right in the section where you find medicine on page mm-hmm. sixty-one, yeah. another sidebar where they talk about um, healing and what the difficulties should be for various different healing checks to remove wounds. Now, the difficulty to heal crits, heal critical, excuse me, critical injuries is listed on the critical injury chart right next to the critical injury. Yep. It's so, and if you're, if you're like me, you use the, uh, the star Wars critical injury cards and you just hand those out to your player because then, you know, <laughs> there you go. You don't have to look up that chart every time you roll one. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, and then and, you'll go from anywhere between an easy, to a daunting check, you know, the, the, the one purple up to a four purple dice for those. Mm-hmm. And the last thing uh, that you can use medicine for, I see here in the you should use it for, which I, I love this idea here, psychotherapy. Really? Oh, is that in the sidebar here? No, it's in the very bottom of the, the very last line of uh, oh your character gosh, should right. use a skill if, and it's performing mm-hmm. complex medical procedures such as surgery, cybernetic augmentation, or psychotherapy. Sweet. So we can have so if you, Freudian if, adventure. <laughs> or if you want to, you know, play out the, the playing the doctor that helps uh, heal this uh, drug addicted um, underwater basket weaving dwarf from his affliction. Hey, you never <laughs> said he was addicted. <laughs> never said oh, that. <laughs> maybe I was taking a leap. All right. So what shouldn't you use medicine for? Well, we shouldn't use it to create or to, um, let me see, like to research poisons or research diseases. That would be more of a, like a knowledge check, you know, more of like your book smarts, those, those kinds of things. Um, Mm -hmm. what next? Uh, recovering your strain. Yep. We already covered that. That's Mm -hmm. discipline or cool. Now, typically, typically, what I think what it says here is um, when you do make a medicine check, the number of successes generates that's the number of wounds they'll be healed, but the number of advantages can heal that amount that amount of strain. But that's during that medicine check that you're doing on somebody else as well. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna mention that. Okay, what if you're Trying to administer a poison instead of uh, cure it. 
medicine is no. what you should use? No, man. No, because oh. I don't want them to know that I stuck them with it. So I'd probably use, so in their example here, I'd probably use Skullduggery, my uh, sleight of hand. Ah. Oh, wow. S- that's amazing. Speaking of Skullduggery. <laughs> wow, that's so amazing. <laughs> Who wrote these show notes? I don't know. <laughs> You're brilliant, Tony. You're brilliant. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> so tell me about Skullduggery, man. Well, most role-playing games have a lot of sorted traditional thieving skills. They have traps. They have picking locks. They have breaking out of a prison. They have <laughs> picking pockets, sleight of hand, all kinds of skills. I, I know in, a, in that D, uh, Shift 7D game, uh, I, I have played a rogue before mm-hmm. and they get a lot of skill points and they all go into these all these skills mm-hmm. yep. but thank you thankfully you don't have to do that in genesis nope. you just got to put your points in skullduggery that's right yep. one skill kind of a catch-all for all of that um it's 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 your it, yeah like you said it's your sleight of hand skill you know i mean it's your um pickpocketing those kinds of things as well yep. you know if you're building, yep. if you're building a character you would consider to be a thief or a rogue, this is a skill that you're going to need mm-hmm. to get, and you're going to need to put some ranks in it. Right. The, and it, you can use this in all settings. Yep. Uh, there's no difference between picking a uh, a, a fancy uh, lock mm-hmm. in a fantasy setting versus picking a steampunk lock versus picking an electronic lock, except for you might be incorporating some computer use for the electronic lock. True, true, true. Um, But, uh, so you're going to use this skill if, as we said, everything. If you're going to disable traps, pick locks, uh, Mm -hmm. pick pockets, uh, study a security system. um, Like casing a a building that has a security system. Yeah. you can use this to distract an opponent with guile, uh, a combat feint. You mm-hmm. use skullduggery. I hadn't thought about that, dude. That Throwing a handful of dirt man. into somebody's eyes, fighting dirty. Use nice. skullduggery. Nice. Um, you're trying to uh, surreptitious. Oh, looky here, the last you one. You're trying to surreptitiously Mickey. slip <laughs> poison into someone's food or drink. There we go. And. Cool. Stay off the drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, I would I would actually use this. I had a um I had a character that I that I created that was um that grew up on the streets, you know, a street urchin, and he made his living doing the three card Monty on the on a street corner. Man, I would totally use this skill for that. Oh yeah. And if you want to maybe cheat at gambling, you know, if you want to, you know, like we we mentioned, you can use cool, but then if you want to like palm cards, you know, slide in cards and cheat. Skullduggery would be another would would be the skill you'd use for that. I would or I would suggest that. Yep, that ace up your sleeve that comes from skullduggery. Absolutely. Now, when wouldn't we use skullduggery? Um, you trying to sneak? Use, I'd, I'd rather use stealth if I want to <laughs> sneak in somewhere. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, this isn't sneaking though. It is though hiding and palming things with your sleight of hand. That is skullduggery. Um. Yeah, if somebody is helpless and they're sleeping, um, and you want to pick their pocket, if they're incapacitated, if they're unconscious, don't make them roll. Don't waste <laughs> the time rolling, which we're going to talk about a little while, when to roll, when not to. Um, yeah. 
if you want to make a poison, that would be probably be it'd be medicine, maybe even maybe even alchemy, as well, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you'd use but in order to p- apply the poison to your dagger, that would be skullduggery. Yep. I would make a skullduggery check there, and if and you know me being the 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 GM that I am or DM that I am, um, I'd more than likely upgrade that to a red. And well, you yeah. Know what'll happen when you get it? When you get when you get a despair, dude. <laughs> night, 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 night. <laughs> That's right. Now, one of the so the last special skill, or was there anything else you want to talk about for skullduggery? Oh, I could talk about skullduggery all day long, but we should probably move on. We should move on. <laughs> all right. So our last one here is our other in um, initiative skill that you would use called vigilance. And that is based off your willpower. Um, again, this is um, this is that skill that you would use to notice things new to your environment or things that change in your environment. Okay, things you notice out of the corner of your eye. We Marines call it situational awareness. There you go, situational awareness. Now, what's the difference between this and perception? Perception, you're actively looking, you're searching. Mm-hmm. It's I, like I've always, I've it's always... like in that old D Shift Seven D game. <laughs> you had a search and a spot skill; those were separate. Yep, it's, it's kind of the same. Your yeah, it is. Your vigilance is passive. Uh, you, it's what you might catch if you're yes. looking around. What, I, what, what it, the way I see it is vigilance are those things. It is passive. It's noticing new things entering your environment. Perception is pulling the details out of the things that are already, that you've already noticed that are already in your environment that you can see. Right? Kind of right. Something, along, something along those lines. You walk right. into your apartment. There's all the lights are off and there's a beeping noise. Hey, you passed your vigilance check. <laughs> <laughs> Have you now? Not? Now make a perception check to find out what the heck is beeping. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it's. I mean, it's a subtle difference. Um, but again, if you're going to be, if you're, if you're going to be surprising a group, you use cool. If you're the surprisee, <laughs> you would be you would be vigilance. Or if no no two parties know of each other whether they're there or not. You'd use, you know, just call for vigilance check on both sides there. Okay. But we'll go, yeah, into, we'll go into a little more of that when we talk about the combat system in a couple of couple of sessions, too. So. Yep. So, um, again, we mentioned earlier that if someone was trying to lie to you and you were trying to read their body language, mm-hmm. vigilance is going to be that opposed kind of defensive skill there if yep. someone is trying to deceive you. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's the, uh, your yeah your def- defense versus deception. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and then also if you're, uh, well, that pretty much covers it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it is. I, I mean, does, there's you know, a third line you, here, but yeah, no, it it, really. it, basi- it basically does describe it really well. I have the chance to notice important details that you're not looking for them directly. That's that passive, that passive. Um, Situational awareness. Yeah, situational awareness. That's right. And then um, when you shouldn't use this skill, if you are the ambush-er, <laughs> you use school. Um, 
And then if you're looking for something that's kind of out there, actively looking, that would be more of a, um, a perception check. Mm-hmm. So. So right. those are those are the general skills we wanted to highlight. Now there's more. Mm-hmm. There's yep. obviously more, and there's some that are very useful, like streetwise and perception. We covered a couple of those. Yep. But these we wanted to kind of these kind of move us through the whole section, and these are ones that are are important uh, mm-hmm. to just about every setting. Yep. But as I discussed when I was talking about cybernetics and medicine and mechanics, yep. you can create your own skills. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And, and on, page, so, on page 190, section 3, underneath the Game Master's Toolkit, they go into creating a skill and what they what um what they suggest and how you would go about doing it you know i mean you would you would first um link a characteristic to whatever your um whatever skill you're going to you you you're going to create um, well allow me to interrupt yeah. first <clears throat> the first thing you would do is determine whether you need a new skill or not well there's that because <laughs> first thing you're going to do is you're going to look and see at all the existing skills mm-hmm. if there's something that already does this. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Oh, and yeah. then, and then you need a linking attribute or yeah. characteristic. Yep. Yep. And you know, I mean, and then you got to then you got to you got to you got to count up some of the things you know when you're linking when you're creating new skills that the that the skill count is kind of balanced that you're not oh if I just increase this characteristic. I'm good at all of all ten skills and and just and this one I'm not. You know what I mean. So you want to make mm-hmm. sure there's kind of a balance there too, um, and you just want to make you got to ask yourself how useful is this skill in my game too. You know, are they going right. to be used? Like for instance, like you had said, we'll pull on that um, cybernetics skill, right? I mean, you might not use it in a in a um, you know, like a like a mod, maybe not a modern setting here, but maybe more in that the Android setting. Pretty damn sure you're going to. Oh, now yeah. in the Star Wars setting, yes, they definitely have cybernetics. But is it going to be prominent in your game? Eh, maybe, maybe not. You know, all depends on your focus as a GM. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And what you should do with this new skill that you make, you should come up with your own list of what it's used for. Uh, two or three, maybe four lines mm-hmm. on what that skill is used for. Yeah. And if you can't come up with that many, Don't you should it. have just you should have just found an, an old skill, kept kept the old skill. Exactly. And then create that don't list too. You know, don't use this skill if, you know, like they created there. And that's really kind of gets you gets your players into you know, the sense of what this skill is being used for. Right. And again, like you, like Tony said at the start, the very important thing is, is there another skill that'll already do this for me before I create a new one and mm-hmm. get rid of that skill bloat? And they go into this, they have a sidebar there on page um, 191 about the skill bloat and, and all that stuff where you kind of, you know, it costs XP, you know, experience points to increase skills. And if you have this huge list of skills for people to do and spend their XP on, you know, it will get into that skill bloat area. Yep. So try to avoid it. Try to avoid mm-hmm. creating new skills if you ha- if you can. Mm-hmm. If you have to, 
uh, which Chris and I are going to discuss when we go into setting the tone. Mm-hmm. We've done so, both of us, uh, with two separate skills. We've kind of not necessarily created, but maybe kind of tweaked a couple of existing skills. Yep, absolutely. And then there was one more thing I think we wanted to talk about is talking about skills. And, you know, this is like, what, our fifth episode now? Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody, you've you've listened to um, Advantageous Threats, and we've been rolling, you know, making rolls there and whatever. But, you know, there is a question that comes out, to roll or not to roll? It's a good question that a GM should ask themselves. Um, anytime you roll the dice, you know, though Tony and I take our time when we go through building these dice pools for advantageous threats. It doesn't normally take us that long, but what we want to do is we want to kind of express to you all what we're kind of thinking about as GMs, um, as players, suggesting things, want to suggest even more stuff than we might normally do in our game, just to give you all a sense of kind of where we're coming from to kind of immerse you guys into the system a little more. Yes, I use the immerse word. You're welcome, Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and so what you want to keep in mind when you're asking that question, to roll or not to roll, if you have information that you need the characters to get that is important to the plot, don't make them roll for it. If it's a perception roll or an investigation roll or or vigilance roll, if it's important to the plot that they know this information, don't make them roll for it. Yeah. And that's that's just good GMing tips too. You know, you don't want to bog down the system in that in that regard. And you know, if there's really when you should make those rolls, have them roll is if there is a consequence for their failure. Now, granted, you can always come up with a consequence, but really, does it matter whether they build that fire and they really get that fire built in the in the in the middle of the wilderness or not? Well, what you know, if they had to sleep on the cold, hard ground, didn't have a fire, and their arthritis is picking up the next day? Well, you know, they should rub dirt on it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was no. one thing that I was looking at in here reading. Um, there, They mentioned the number of ranks in a skill and what that kind of equals. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if you've, you've read that there, Tony. No, but, but bring um, us to it on the book. Do you know where it's let at? Let me see. That would be... I think it would be right at the beginning. Oh, shoot. Uh, Of the skill section? The skill section, skill ranks, page 52. (laughs) The last two paragraphs there on page 52 and that second paragraph and on page 53 as well. That, um, you know, like if you have one or two ranks, if you're not skilled, first off, you're just, you know, like me pulling out of the driveway, backing up going to work, fueling up my vehicle, I don't really need to make a driving check. Now, I do live in Minnesota, and there are stupid people out there on the road in the winter. <laughs> I did have to make a driving check. I think I did need to make a driving check a few a few weeks ago, or about a couple months ago, when it was black ice and sliding and stuff. So that would probably be an example. Well, environmental conditions required it. But normally, just normally a simple vigilance check while you're driving along to make sure you don't run into any idiots would mm-hmm. be <laughs> but uh no it, that's just it anything that you're going to go through the motions on uh if you're mm-hmm. if you're just driving you know let's say you're running an investigative game and you're and you're making your characters drive from one crime scene to the next 
just cut scene. You don't mm-hmm. have to make driving checks to ro- to drive your own car from one scene to another. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you're getting into a semi and you've never driven a semi before, yeah, roll a check. You know, yeah, and you know that's where that's where I would require. I would I would. I mean, in the the sense that if you need a so if you have a one or two ranks in a skill, they kind of equivalent that to like an entry level job or an apprenticeship. Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So if you've been trained um, and doing things, you know, those semi-drivers may have a two in driving, you know, out there. I got a four, dude. What are you, you talking got a about? four? Well, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Well, the three to four, I would, I would equivalent those to like professionals, people who make money for what they do, physicians, expert mechanics, pro athletes. They would have three or four in their given skill, fighter pilots. Now, if you have five ranks in a skill, that's when you're elite. You know, yeah. that's like, I hate to say his name, but, you know, like Tom Brady, right? Who's, who's that? Yeah, Never heard of him. Is. The pilots <laughs> from Top Gun. There you go. They'd be elite. <laughs> Basically, people who are at the, a handful of people in the world can only do what they do. Those would be the people who have like five ranks in a skill. So they're really only going to ever make a piloting check when they're not even when they're dogfighting, but when they're trying to do something crazy in a dogfight. Potentially. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, yeah, as your characters get more skilled and their ranks get higher, the reasons to make them roll are reduced. Right. But (laughs) if you need dramatic consequence, doesn't matter what ranks they have. If you have, you know, their... Let's use that pilot example. Okay, their their jet has taken a hit already. Mm-hmm. They're trying to stop it from going it's into a. Out. Right. They're trying spinning. to stop it from spin. Mm-hmm. It there's dramatic consequence. They're gonna crash if this doesn't get fixed with a yep. piloting check. Yep. And so, the thing is, and the higher your skill ranks are the more red <laughs> your GM is going to put in that pool. So, okay. yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it does get more exciting as you level up, as you yeah. increase the, the, you know, spend those experience points and, and increase the ranks in these skills. So, Well, that's pretty much general skills, folks. Uh, oh, their they're general uses, the general conversation about them. Yep. And everything in general. Exactly. <laughs> and we're not keeping it private. We're sharing it. Did you get, did, did you get that one, Clarence? Did you hear that? Like, see, we kind of did it again, didn't we? Anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So I guess we're going to... Well, let's go to... Let's go set the tone, man. Sounds good. Welcome to Setting the Tone. This is where we take what we talked about in our Book of Genesis section and we apply it to our settings that Chris and I have built or are building. Um, in this case, I'm I'm still talking about my Hellgate Genesis, which uh, I'm the only person that seems to be interested in besides my players. But uh, <laughs> it, in this case, in this system, uh, my characters or my my players and their characters, I want them to use certain technologies 
um, for crafting. And I want it limited. So in this case, what I've taken is mechanics, and I've split it into three separate skills because of the technologies. So for the three different factions, and back to that, I have my Templar. They use an almost divine type of nanotechnology. Um, it it amplifies their divine abilities. It, it They use that for their power armor. They use it to create their swords, their okay. guns. So if they're going to be crafting, repairing, fixing anything in their their realm of expertise it's going to be uh, nanotechnology and then for my for my um uh ugh, drawing a total blank here but the next one group the uh the sorcerers and the uh, the cabal the cabalists that's that's okay. what they're called sorry i'm getting old and i forget things um <laughs> they have what is called a demonology skill this is uh for crafting, taking those demon body parts and grafting them to their own body, uh, and and keeping those things working, keeping them and knowing whether they're affecting them uh, negatively, are they going to affect their uh, magic skills in a negative way, so on and so forth. That's all demonology. It's kind of like almost a second medicine. Um, but it's, it's only for those pretty damn gross. <laughs> it's only for those demon body parts or those arcane, um, mm-hmm. arcane cybernetics that the demons also use that they would be incorporating in their own getup, cool. so to speak. And then the last one, of course, is mechanics, which I use mechanics and computers. I use for the the last group, which is the hunters, which is the government agents and people like that. They use just normal technology, but high levels of technology. Gotcha. So it's kind of a split uh, where I split it into three different skills. Again, That's I'm cool. going to have nanotechnology is going to be um, int- intellect based. Okay. And uh, my demonology is going to be intellect based. And my mechanics is still intellect-based. So they are all just new aspects of the same skill. Cool. I like that, man. I like that a lot. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'd like to play in that sometime, too, when you're ready. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> I got another cool. interested party. Yeah, Great. man, that'd be cool. <laughs> got to fit it into my, my busy schedule here. Um all right. So what what did you do with that Primeval Thule thing you did? Well, so for Primeval Thule, it is a fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. Um and I I basically renamed two skills. Um I renamed mechanics. That becomes crafting, and that will become everything crafting, repairing, those kinds of things. You would use um you would use crafting for, for your weaponsmithing and your um armor smithing, those kinds of things as well. Um, building buildings, those kinds of things. It's going to be that catch-all. But I just renamed Mechanics to Crafting. Um, and Operation becomes Sailing. Because Operation is that skill. We didn't go over it um, in our um, in our uh, list here. But that is basically um, driving, moving along larger um, structures that need more than that need basically a crew to to drive if you will right so um and in thule you know you've got pirates you know you guys you said you you guys are playing vikings so they would be using sailing to get around mm-hmm. in that you know to to 
to get around and those kinds of things. The um, the pirates, the uh, slavers, those kinds of things. You know, it's sailing. Okay. So, for me. Awesome, dude. Yeah, I... Good there, man. You took it real, real easy with the skills. You didn't have to make any. I didn't. I didn't. And, you know... You know, I'll be using alchemy. You know, that's the one they suggested for fantasy. So I, I basically grabbed all the general skills that they suggested for fantasy, and in that, and then that you can use in all settings, and um, pulled them in to primeval duel. So, okay, excellent. All right, man. Well, so then down to our favorite section now. Oh, it's party time. It is. To advantageous threats, your favorite, ours, maybe everybody in the world's. I don't know. Everybody in the world loves advantageous threat, and everybody in the world has heard of advantageous threats. No, <laughs> uh, no only the thirty uh, of you on YouTube that have subscribed, or forty of you, <laughs> which we appreciate, by the way. Thank you, hey, everybody. We got a target audience. It's all that matters. That's right. <laughs> and you know, I, you know, I do. I do want to say. For anybody out there listening, thanks for listening. This is we we we're having a lot of fun doing this, as you could tell, and I'm hoping we're getting better at it. We'll see. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> all right, go on. I'll stop interrupting right. you. <laughs> no, keep interrupting me all day long. I'll never get to it. <laughs> all right. No, uh, my character. Uh, I named him Arthur Drake Stone. Cool. Is an outdoorsman in a Cthulhu-esque game weird wars style um i've been tasked with leading an expedition also the rest of the party of inexperienced untrained city folk across the alaskan frontier to an ancient ritual site of some importance that um someone has recently discovered already so (laughs) what skill am i going to use um I don't know, man. That feels like survival. Yeah. It's kind of a, kind of a, uh, you know, surviving. Well, survival <laughs> out in the wilderness. But I would, you know, and you can also use survival as more of a, um, um, a mapping, getting around on like a planet or Earth or whatever. You know, if you're playing in a sci-fi game or whatever, if you're going down to a planet, instead of using astrogation or whatever it is to kind of fly your craft there. Once you're on the planet, survival is the way you want to navigate. So, Well, and in Star Wars, survival is how you ride animals. That's your, that's your piloting that's skill when right. you're riding an animal. So right. uh, in this case, survival, many survival checks probably will be needed throughout this. But let's just talk about planning the expedition, the uh, outfitting everyone, and mm-hmm. that general getting ready before we go, you know, you're going to have a brief training session with everyone explaining how they use certain gear and so on and so forth. Cool. I'm going to make one blanket roll ahead of time. Perfect. Yeah. So in this case, now, especially if my GM only wants just to have one roll for the whole track. Yeah. Uh, 
so he wants to kind of wipe and get to that important scene at this ancient ritual site. Mm-hmm. So, whoa, I just about spilled my Genesis dice everywhere. Yeah, I actually dumped mine off before we started recording. So, oh, so I, I got mine sitting here in the dice tray, <laughs> but they have uh, decided, some of them decided to go flying. Nice. Um, but anyhow, I'm going to roll some skill here. So let's start with uh, survival. Survival is cunning-based. Yep. So I'm an outdoorsman. I planned for this in advance. I built my character around this being an important skill for me. Okay. So I happen to have a three in cunning. So that's going to give me three dice. Yep. But I am an experienced outdoorsman, and my GM let me have a little bit at let us have a little creation experience or after post character creation experience. So I have put three ranks in. Perfect. Yeah, that feels so, that feels about right on that second. That second tier of you know expert, you're you're an expert outdoorsman, so that makes perfect sense. And you get paid for it. Yep. And I took uh, a lower tier item, uh, a lower tier um, talent that is going to give me boost die in certain Arctic environments uh, because I happen to be an expert in moving through the snow, moving through the cold, cool. keeping people alive in this environment. That's why they hired me. So awesome. my, my positive dice pool for this check is three yellow, one blue. Okay. As GM, what's my difficulty? And is this this is going to be that all-encompassing role, right? Up to you, man. Do you want it to be just the planning session? Or do you want to? Would you even waste make me waste a role on that? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know what? It it all depends. I think right now because we're doing advantageous threats. I just want you to get to the ancient ritual site. I want it to be one role where you, the planning, the getting these inexperienced, untrained, and the most important thing is city folk <laughs> mm-hmm. across the Alaskan frontier here. It's definitely, it's at least going to be a hard check, I'm thinking, because this was probably a, it's an expedition. You're kind of at the lead, you're leading it all. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely going to be a hard check, maybe even daunting. Because you may have a, like a time frame on here that where you're going might be in some inclement weather conditions too, which makes it more difficult. Okay, so well, maybe weather wouldn't be a daunting check. Maybe weather would the weather you know there's what? a blizzard rolling in. Maybe that would apply a couple of setbacks. Setback, yeah. Let's do that. Let's let's make it a hard check. Okay. Let's make it um, two setback for it for the weather for the weather. Yep. And one for being in a hurry. One for being in a hurry. Yep. Okay. All right. And then um, I, I definitely want to um, flip a story point. Well, let me okay. ask you. Are you going to use a story point on this? No. You're not? Well, no, I'm confident in my skill. Okay. I want to flip a story point on this only because there is that, there is that chance people could freeze to death. I might even start off it being automatically with one red, and I might flip a second one because, not flip a second one, I'm probably going to make this a one red, two purple to start with because of the chance of death, but I'm flipping a story point because you have untrained city folk with you. There might be people who packed like their high heel shoes, Mm -hmm. might have packed shorts, like that's what I would do. Mm. Well, of <laughs> Being course. From Minnesota, you know, I'd pack shorts. 
<laughs> you never know; it might be warm. And I didn't quite listen to that to that introductory. You know, you were kind of you were kind of monotone and bon- and boring, Tony. Uh, or sorry, uh, Arthur Drake Stone. Oh, thank you. All right. <laughs> Anyways, all right. I'm good so, with that. I'm good with that check. All right. So I'm total dice pool here mm-hmm. is three yellow, one blue boost die, uh, one purple, two red, and three black. Yes. Does that um, right. does that talent get anything? Take away any of the black for you or no? What is that, I don't what is have that? any other talents that I put in my notes here, unfortunately. Awesome. Now, if I'd have been smart, I might have taken one that would allow me to remove a couple setback dice from survival checks, but maybe <laughs> well, maybe, maybe next time, maybe I'll learn from a lesson here. <laughs> Probably. Let's see. All right. What do you got? So I'm rolling it. Oh, okay. Let's talk about the setback dice all being blank to start. Okay, so first off, the weather wasn't a factor. That blizzard pfft, didn't it, happen. No, it, it might did not, not even happen. Nope, it did not affect me in any way, shape, or form. The weather terrorists were projecting that it would, but you know, it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then I had one of my red dice and uh, one of and. Um, Let's see. Wow. Okay. Uh, Bear with me here. All right. Grand total, I have... I'm just going to go through the rest of the dice here. Mm -hmm. So one, two, three, failure. One, two, three, four, success. So I succeed. Hootie-hoo. And I had two advantage and one threat. So I have one advantage left over. All right. But my jerk GM did make me roll a despair. Oh yeah! All right. So, well, you succeeded. Let, you succeeded right. on getting to the ancient ritual site. Okay. Okay. And and I'm going to, with my advantage, we all arrived with only a few scrapes and bumps. Nothing gotcha. major, as far as wounds. Maybe we spent some strain to get there, but nothing. Uh, not enough. Nothing that was. You know, we're we're ragged, we're torn, but we're not beaten. Mm-hmm. Understood. Understood. Um, and as a DM, GM in this case, I'm sorry. JM, because um, I'm going to be a jerk. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> I'm I'm probably I w- in this case since you rolled a despair, traveling across, getting to this ancient ritual site, right? Um, mm-hmm. I am going to bank that despair and hold on to it because one of those untrained, inexperienced city folk brought something with them that would, at the speed of plot, (laughs) come up to haunt you during your investigation of this ancient ritual site. Maybe it's a, maybe they brought the Necronomicon with them and they're trying to read and they'll be reading it at an inopportune time i don't know <laughs> but it's something that kind of that i could use to kind of screw with you later on how do you and that's how do all you, like you do that? that's that's, that's fine do. and but that is i mean when a gm says he's banking it for later he's got a, a specific use for it it isn't he couldn't come up with something that's well, for sure and i know when chris says he's banking it for later i'm in trouble <laughs> <laughs> well you know hey maybe but it's all in good fun, right? <laughs> right. All, all right. in good fun. 
What are you going to do, buddy? Okay. My character, Lord Dargon Westminster, <laughs> he's an accomplished alchemist. He's been requested by this. He, this is a Victorian age <laughs> setting, again. And mm-hmm. a monster hunter has come up to him. This probably the same monster hunter from our last advantageous threats. Come up to him <laughs> to ask him to brew him up an elixir that could bring down even the toughest monster. Strongest monster. Hmm. Would this elixir, say, be a cure for lycanthropy, maybe? Well, maybe a cure or a, um, or maybe I was, what I was really thinking was going to be some sort of grenade ceramic, in a ceramic pot grenade thing, or maybe a handful of them that, um, this monster hunter can use to kind of throw in there, um, maybe some sort of explosion with some wolfsbane or silver silver shavings those kinds of things right gotcha so you're trying to create an alchemical weapon yes i'm pretty sure and lord lord dargon westminster is his own um he is he's a fairly sharp guy well he's a lord he's he's a lord i mean (laughs) he's been he's he's well educated um he's got a four in intelligence. This is pretty much all he does. And he does have, he has spent um, some time on alchemy and researching. Um, so he's got two ranks. Okay. In alchemy. Um, he also has an alchemical lab in his grandmother's basement. Well, okay. you know, the Westminster estate, if you will. <laughs> he, has, <laughs> he, has a, he has a lab down there. Somewhere that I would say at least maybe a boost die. Sure, he's got, got the, the right proper tools. Proper tools to do the job. <laughs> and I'll wait and spend my story point here in a minute and let you know what that'll be. But what 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 kind of difficulty would you think this would be? Well, well, first I would look at what you're trying to create. So you're trying to create a grenade, essentially, or a or a group of them. Yeah, and so I would go to the rarity of grenades. Cool. And I would look at those, and I'm trying to find one. Um, There's one. Oh. Sorry, I didn't have this popped up. Or well, let's just say you know what? Let's just say the rarity is um, like maybe a five. Okay. Well, may, or maybe four. You know, let, let's say the rarity is four for a grenade. Well, you want it to be four, but in my system, the rare, uh, rarity of a grenade is going to be five. I like five. That's, well, that's perfect. Well, the thing is, maybe it's four. Maybe grenades are rank, are four, but this specific one, wanting to t- maybe take down a beast monster, cranks it up to a five, which makes it like a hard difficulty now to make. Right. At least, which, you know, yeah, like I said, it's half that rarity. Round it up. Round it up, yep. So you're going to have a three purple. Okay. But you're working with some very, very volatile chemicals. Yep. And as your GM, you I'm immediately going to say one of those is automatically red. Right, because, and, you know, we've done this to each other before, where we where we have automatically put it to a, put one of these purple to a red, and if it makes sense for something like this, where we're dealing with explosives, mm-hmm. or you're in a very, very harsh environment like Tony in Tony's example this that's very appropriate for that without even doing the story point thing yet so right 
so you want to set back set me back any anything uh, that would set me back here? Do you think? Are you under a time crunch? Is this yes, Monster Hunter needing it today? Yes. He he needs it. Um, he definitely he needs it soon. So I am a little stressed out about that. That I that that um I do need to get it done. Okay. So you want one or two? I'm gonna go with uh, well. Let's say, for the sake of this, because honestly, the monster hunter coming to you would be probably the guy I sent to you to have created if you're a character. So, in this case, he needs it in a couple hours. Okay. And and this is no rush job. So, let's do two. Two? Okay. Sounds good to me. Now, um, because I am a lord, I do have access to um, strange and weird... Um, what do you call it? it um, ingredients. So mm-hmm. I am going to use that that silver silver shavings and wolfsbane that I've that I've that I've procured from Transylvania. So that's my story point that I'm going to spend and upgrade one of those. So I'm sitting at three yellow, a green, and one boost die. And okay. Two and one red, two purple, and two black. How about you? Do you want to flip over a story point? You know, (laughs) again, I have a reason for it. Cool. You're in your, you're in the basement for a reason. You (laughs) need this to be quiet. What you do down here, (laughs) you need it to be private. Yep. (laughs) So yes, I'm going to throw another story point, which I haven't done at you in a few weeks anyway. Advantageous. That's so. I'm going (laughs) to one also, and you're going to have two. All right, here we go. And I am going to roll this on the Genesis book. Woo-hoo. Let's see what kind of results we have. Well, it got me a despair, so. Okay, let's see. What did it get me? It got me four successes, canceled by two failures, so two successes, three threat, one advantage, so it's going to be a net um, to threat. My alchemical lab did not help at all. That came up blank. And the two, um, I did not roll a despair. Actually, no, I didn't. No, I didn't roll a despair. So what was your net? So I had two successes and two threat. Two success, two threat. All right. So in this case, I was already thinking that each success was going to create one bomb. Okay, so I created two. So you created two. For the Monster Hunter. Nice. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> these are very volatile. Nice. And when he goes to use them, he is going to suffer a setback die in using them. <laughs> awesome. They could probably blow up in his hand. Sweet. Yep. I like it. And That's and that cool and that it, it, if you were if the if that monster hunter was another player, I would apply it that way. If it was a GM's character, I guess I wouldn't really apply it that way. I'd probably apply it to you. And mm-hmm. I would say that a lot of in this case, I would say that a lot of the ingredients that you keep on hand, you used up extra, and you used up your ingredients. So oh, the you next go. time you try to use your lab for alchemy. Um, you're going to suffer setback die from not having all of the proper ingredients on hand. Cool. I like that. So I like that a lot. Pretty cool, man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that, 
That was pretty cool. I like those. <laughs> I really do. Those are pretty yeah. fun. I wanted to, I wanted to use a use a skill that we were going to talk about today. So, so did I. <laughs> rock on, dude. Rock on. All right. So then let's uh let's go wrap this thing up. All right. Put a bow on it. All right. everybody that is it for our show tonight um i want to give a shout out to a podcast on a nerds international network called the wild die podcast this is a podcast dedicated to everything savage worlds we talked bennies we kidded around with them about bennies and saving throws and all that kind of stuff but these guys um eric gary harrison and manuel they go over game mechanics they have these setting showdowns which are really cool they have like a um like Trail of Cthulhu versus something else. I can't remember whichever Achtung one. Achtung Cthulhu. Achtung Cthulhu. That's right. They did that one. Um, those are pretty fun. They have they have some live play shows and more. That's been going, geez, almost two years now. I think that's when Jamie and Blaine started it, and then Eric and them took over. You know, six six months or so after that. So, yeah, I think and- they're going on episode. I don't know. They're in the forties. Yeah, they do a bang up job. Harrison yeah, edits edits for him, puts in all kinds of cool sound bites and whatnot, and it's he make creates little songs for him. It's he, they do a great job over there. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So keep it up, guys. Keep up the great work, and go find again. You can find them over on the Nerds International Network, um, and you can probably search for them on Google. I did not write down any notes as to what specifically where they are, but they're everywhere. You could find them. Oh yeah, pretty sweet. Well, you can find them and us over at the Nerds and in, Nerds International with a hyphen network on G Plus. You can contact Chris and I via email, finding the narrative podcast at gmail.com. You can talk to me on Facebook at Finding the Narrative. Or you and to listen to us, you just need to well, if you're already listening, you already found us. <laughs> but tell your friends we're on mm-hmm. Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube. That's right. Um I am um Zezri out there on the Fantasy Flight game forums, and Tony is as Asmodeus. That's two right. Z's. And we, we participate out there every once in a while um, and have, you know, kind of look through some of the stuff going on over there. So feel free to reach out to us. Yeah, man. All right, man. All right. Great well, show tonight, dude. Yo, it was fun. Uh, so I guess this is goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Well, I'll say keep rolling them bones. And I say remember the rule of cool and just have fun. Good night, all. Good night. Finding a Narrative podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned on the show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding a Narrative podcast. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.